Hello, my name is Leah Toussaint and I am the Director of Ministries at Koinonia. I pray that God would show his glorious wisdom and his love through this passage and our time together. We're up to week three in our study and I have been given the task to prayerfully consider Matthew chapter five, verses 17 through 20. Matthew was a tax collector called to follow Jesus. According to Christian tradition, he is most likely writing to a Jewish audience and they would have been aware of the sacred texts, traditions, and customs that are found in the Torah, the prophets, and the writings. So he carefully weaves in Old Testament scripture to show the lineage of Jesus along with the prophecies that all point to him as the long-awaited Messiah. He carries a theme of fulfillment throughout this gospel. Our passage comes as Jesus is teaching the crowd on the mountainside. He just declared the glaring distinction in those that follow him to be the salt and light of the world. Followers of God as a city on a hill. Jesus' teaching is literally fulfilling his words in verse 18 of our text today. It states that he that practices and teaches the law will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. I hope that you have come to this video after careful reading and meditation of our text. Maybe you were struck by Jesus' words, as was I. Do not think that I have come to abolish or destroy the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I'm originally from New Jersey. And there, when you pull up to a gas station, you don't have to leave your car. A gas attendant comes and pumps it for you. I appreciate this, especially in those hot summer or freezing winter months. I recently relocated here to Nashville and have learned that those extremes are seen in days rather than in months. One day I'm in a snowsuit and the very next day in a sundress. And yes, really, that happened this year. But in Jersey, you can simply slide out your cash and say, fill her up, make it full. That expression, fill up, may help us understand what Jesus meant when he states he came to fulfill the law. The Greek word translated as fulfill is pleiroo, pleiroo, meaning to bring to pass, to make full, to realize the fullness of, expressing the full intent of. Regarding the law and the prophets, it's to see and know God's full intent and expression in the law. In filling your tank, you are not saying, once it's full, I no longer need the car. But instead, since I am now fueled, I can go. So Jesus' words are a sermon setup because verse 21 and on, he will teach the full practice and intent of the law. And they will remember he is not abolishing it, but filling it up. We should remember that the law of Moses was originally given to a people that were recently freed from centuries of slavery and oppression in pagan Egypt. Most did not know the identity and character of God or themselves as his covenant people. God's law was given as a gift to this people. It displayed his character. It also showed them how to be his people for flourishing, prosperity, and holiness. It held out the standard of perfect righteousness and offered them blessings through perfect obedience, which they could never fulfill. And no spoiler alert here, neither could we. So then what is the purpose of the law today? 
Here, I lean into R.C. Sproul's writing in Essential Truths of Christian Faith. He states the first purpose of the law is to be a mirror. On the one hand, the law of God reflects and mirrors the perfect righteousness of God. The law tells us much about who God is. And perhaps more importantly, the law illumines human sinfulness. The law highlights our weaknesses so that we might seek the strength found in Christ. Here, the law acts as a severe schoolmaster who drives us to Christ. Romans 3 verse 20 state, For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. A second purpose for the law is its political or civil use as a means to restrain evil or curb the full expression of the evil desires and actions of man. The law in and of itself cannot change human hearts, which we know, but it can, however, serve to protect the righteous from the unjust with the expression of the grave penalties associated with it. So let's look at the third purpose of the law. This is where I will focus for the last two verses of our text. The third purpose is the didactic use of the law to reveal what is pleasing to God. By studying or meditating on the law of God, we attend the school of righteousness. We learn what pleases God, and we also learn what offends him. The Christian delights in the law as God delights in it. Psalms 1 verse 2 said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinner. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And Jesus also says, If you love me, you would keep my commandments. This is the highest function of the law, to serve as an instrument for the people of God, to bring him honor and bring him glory. The redemption we receive by grace through faith is from the curse and penalty of God's law not from our duty to obey it. We are justified, not because of our obedience to the law, but in order that we may become obedient to God's law. To love Christ is to love and keep his commandments. To love God is to obey his law. In this house, we forgive, we laugh loudly, we share our feelings with each other, we dare to try new things. I recently saw one of these plaques in a store and thought, the person that purchases this is saying, this is their family code. This is their code of love and values for each person in their family. It is their reminder to every member of who they are, their being, and how they are to act their doing. We have received this identity in the family of God and have been given the code of conduct of God's family through his law. Now back to our text. Verse 19 and 20, Jesus is showing that the righteousness of God, the righteousness of the law is to be followed from the least of these commandments to the greatest commandment, exactly in the way God intended, perfectly, perfection. Thud. Where is that head explosion emoji when you need it? He said that righteousness that exceeds that of the Pharisees of whom Jesus states in Matthew 23, verse 23, you tithe the deal in cumin but neglect more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. He states, you should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. He did not say ignore the lesser. He upheld the law and exposed this true fulfillment. These Pharisees were known for their zeal for the law of God, but the righteousness was not full because they missed justice mercy and faithfulness. These are all indicators of love, which is the spirit of the law. The hermeneutic of the law is love. 
Thank you, Pastor Micah, for that quote. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 through 40, the Pharisees ask, teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. In saying this, Jesus invites us into the heart of God through his law and exposes that his children must be known for love. I invite you to hear Jesus' words alone, hear his voice alone, rely on him to walk in the spirit by faith as you pursue mercy, justice, and faithfulness through love, because that is our family code. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the invitation that you give through Jesus Christ to express and see your character in its fullness, in its wonder, and in its love. And you invite us to be your people and be salt and light in this world, cities on a hill. God, you are our refuge, our strength, and our fulfillment of the law. But you invite us into this precious family code to pursue mercy and justice in love. Amen.